copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. When all cars, attention all Marin County Sheriff cars, broadcast 178, wanted for murder. One Vince Lucic, known as Pegleg Lucic. This man is known to be armed and desperate. That's all.
1930, for Molly's Bay, a niche in the coastline north of San Francisco. A niche surrounded by barren ground in the midst of rich farmland. Fog rolls in from a dirty ocean over towering cliffs, over empty brown hills. Seabirds crushed by the murky atmosphere, wings slowly in to find their roosting places on the already crowded cliffs. Oily waves lapped monotonously at a debris-covered beach. For Molly's Bay... In 1917, Arnold Barron, a silent, solid rancher, took his bride to his lonely ranch house in the road in Sonoma Hills. And for 13 sulky, discontented years, Grace Barron has endured the beat of peace, the never-changing days and nights, the isolation. While her husband, silent, unimaginative, thinking solely of his ranch, goes about his work. It is an evening in March 1930. The Barons are finishing their silent meal. Was the meal all right, Arnold? Yes, it was all right. I'm getting a little sick of mutton all the time, Andrew. Yes, it was all right. Sure, it's all right. I'm just getting sick of it. We eat it every meal. Yes. You need some sugar, Arnold. When are we going into town? Yes, I'm going to lay down now. What about the sugar, Arnold? This is the last of it. Arnold, why don't you talk? Why don't you talk? What are you? Are you a man or a piece of machinery? You come in every night the same way. You come in and eat and then lie down. It's always the same. You never talk. You lie there and stare at the ceiling. This is all I'll ever get out of life. Living in this lonely house, cooking. No one will talk to me. I'm a woman. I want more than this. What is the talk? I can't stand it any longer. It isn't right. It isn't right. Days pass. And one morning into this scene of domestic stagnation comes Mel Sturdivant, tall, swaggering. Mel Sturdivant, who has climbed the shaky ladder of crime, has arrived at the questionable station of Big Shot in the rum rings of California. After some time of preliminary conversation with Arnold Barron, his phone changes. Look, son, I came here with a purpose. I want to talk business with you. What about? Oh, no. Before I spill it to you, I want to know how you feel about things. What things? Hey, you're a talkative devil, aren't you? Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, this will mean money to you. But uh, some people might not like the idea. Who? The law. Would that make any difference to you? Uh, what's the deal? I don't know. What is... Well, here it is. I want to put a skill in around here somewhere. I've been in this part of the country for about three weeks looking for the right place. I think you have it. You get 10% of the profit, and you wouldn't have to do much of anything either. It's a perfect setup. What do you say? Well, I don't know. Never did anything like that before. There isn't a chance in the world that you'll get caught. Well, nobody will ever come out here. It's a chance. A chance for you to make some real dough. Now, none of this chicken feed like you get selling sheep. Think money. Well, I'll think it over. Sounds pretty good. Here come back. And returning, Sturdivant finds Arnold Barron ready to comply with his plan. 
The bill is built, put into operation. The two men, partners in the venture. But to Grace Devon, her dreams of romance frustrated until now, Mel Sullivan is more than a business partner. Blinded by the difference between her husband and this same boastful man, she sees in him the end of her drab years in the lonely house. Accordingly, plans are made. Sheridan rents a small cottage in Molita, a little town beyond the Marin County line. Returns to the ranch to find his partner's wife waiting. All her world of good packed, ready to leave Arnold Barron to the solitudes of the Sonoma Hills. This is the last bundle now. Let's hurry. Oh, we've got plenty of time. I'm not afraid of that husband of yours. Well, we don't want any trouble. If we can help it, do we? No, I guess not. Well, let's go. Hurry up now. Get them, Donald. Let's get out of here. Where? Hey, where are you so far? Come back there. He's running around the house. Hey, now he's got a gun. Come back there. Come back there. Come back there. Through the hail of bullets, a couple escape. Drives to Molita. One fair servant starts playing on his former rivals. Grows confident by his success of hijacking one load of liquor after another. Days, weeks, fade after age, death, and suddenly without warning, the inevitable blow fell. The federal government obtains indictments against a number of men for evading the liquor law. Among the names are those of Sturtevant and Sharon. Frightened by the thought of going to trial with the man whose wife he had stolen, realizing that his freedom is endangered, Sturtevant goes to the United States Attorney George J. Hatfield, lays his cards on the table, offers to testify for the government against his former partner. May 23rd, 1930. The case is called to court. Mel Sheridan on the witness stand. Do you know this man? Yes, he's Arnold Sheridan. How do you happen to know him? Oh, well, he's got a steal in the Sonoma Hills. Has he operated there alone? I don't think so. I think he has two partners. Do you know them? I'm not sure, but I think that El Pinker and Fred Corsick helped him. Do you know the rest of this ring? I'm not sure. Will you name as many as you can? Well... Baron has the biggest skill, and Baker and Corsic helped him. And then there's Gerald and Sandy and Skidridge and... And through the day, Sturdivan goes down the list of men in the biggest liquor ring on the Pacific coast. Without a bomb, condemns the friends of former days. Finished, he and Grace Baron walk jauntily to the courthouse door to be met by Vincent Pegleg Lucy, the right-hand man on the hijacking ring. Yes. Sure, giving them the work, Mel. Okay, yeah. I got no hankering for any ten years in the clink. I'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be all right. Come on, let's get out of here. Let's take a ride somewhere. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that peg leg. You ain't turning on me, are you? Nah, you know me. I just thought we could take a ride out and have a look at that landing spot on Tamale's Bay. Get out of here for a while. Okay, as long as I'm taking the ride with you. Come on, Grace. We'll get some air. Oh, I need some. That courtroom was hot. <laughs> hot. That's a good one. It was hot in more ways than one. That right, Peg? All right, there. Uh, the boys are pretty sore. Grace and I will get him back. Come on. You know, I'd hate to be in there, but you're still giving them the work. Well, why not? Them or me? Ah, oh, they're just dumb, that's all. I don't know if I'd like to be in your spot either. Why? They'll all be put away for a long time. I don't have anything to worry about. Nah. There's not. Get it up, Kate.
straight down to the edge of the cliff. Yeah, let's go down, Peg. I've never seen the beach. Okay. Do you have to go back to court tomorrow, Mel? Yeah, I'll finish it up then. I hope they're good to me. I've given them plenty of dope. They ought to be. It's a swell place, all right. What do you say? I said it was a swell place, all right. Yeah. Oh, look at these places. Don't walk too close to the edge, Mel. Don't those waves look small down there? Hey, we are pretty high. Gee, look at all the gulls. They must roost in the cliff. Mm-hmm. It's a swell place, all right. Yeah, what are you muttering about, pig? Don't you like it here? Yeah. I like it. I just said it was a swell place. It sure is. As soon as I get out of this mess, we'll have to go to work on it. I'd like to put a small pier in over there by that big rock. We can really do business with this place if we do it right. Yeah, we can. They don't bump you off first. Shut up, pig. I know I'm on the spot. But listen, let them try something. Just let them try it. Don't be too cocky. If they want to do it, they will. You know that. You're in kind of a bad way. Oh, quit talking about it. After this is over, Mel and I are going away. Aren't we, Mel? Yes, for a while. Maybe. Aren't you going to fix this place up? I thought you said you were. Oh, I'm not going away. Grace is scared. She thinks we ought to go. We won't, though. Mel, why did you say that? You go with the reward. Better forget it. Close here. Well, I don't think it's safe for him to stay. Oh, I'm not afraid of him. Let him try something. I think maybe Grace is right, Mel. I don't think it is safe around here. You're crazy, Peg. Well, who'd have nerve enough to do it, hmm? Do <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Yeah? What's so funny? I know. Who's going to bump you off? Who? I am. No. Hey. Back up. Away. Oh, oh, no. Stand away. Oh, no. I hate squealers. This ain't my idea, but it is a good one. <laughs> That's what happens to squealers. And the same thing goes for squealers, James, too.
the finding of the car, although valuable because it points out the direction in which Lucic had fled, has little effect on the case. San Francisco is home from north to south, from east to west. The murder gun is found. The last link forward. The search goes on. Fred, Denver, Omaha, Chicago. Police in every city in the country, armed with complete descriptions, are on the lookout. Vincent Lucic, medium height, 124 pounds, white leg amputated below knee, tattoos on left hand, mole on right side of back, scar on left wrist. And in the meantime, Lucic is in a cabin just outside of San Francisco, a cabin which he dare not leave, a cabin holding him as tightly as the prison he's trying to escape. Come up to the door like that again. Ah, don't get so pig. What am I supposed to do? I don't care what you do, but don't come up to the door like that again. You're going to meet a slug coming through there some of these times. Yeah. That makes you so jumpy. Ah, why shouldn't I be jumpy pinned up in this crummy joint all day and all night? I'm going to get out. I wasn't through that, pig. Something might happen to you. Ah, nothing's going to happen to me. Sure. You're liable to get caught. That wouldn't be so good. Don't think the boys didn't like it so well, having you run around loose. What do the boys got to do with it? They ain't penned up. They're out running around. Yeah, but think you might feel something. I think that's what they're scared of. I wouldn't feel nothing. I'll go nuts in this place. How long do they think I'm going to hang around here? They don't know. Maybe a month or so. You got to wait till it's quiet down. Place is hot. They get you in a minute. Well, I'm telling you, I'll go nuts in this place. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't do nothing but, but walk around this room. You got nobody to blame for it. You'd finished off that Berendine. You wouldn't have to hide like some dirty rat. Ah, that wasn't my fault. You read yourself how they couldn't understand why she was alive. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I might as well be in the trenches in here. Calm down, Pig. Ain't nothing you can do but stay here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got half a hunch to try and beat the rap. I've been thinking plenty, and I think I could do I it, I've been anything crazy, Pig. I'd like to see how long the rest of you guys would stay in this joint. Why does it have to be me? Calm down, Calm down. Yeah, no, because I'm the one. I'm the only one that has nerve enough to tackle Mel. The rest of you yellow punks were scared. Well, why should I take this for you? None of you ever did it. I know. Wait a minute. Take it low, work out. Don't get so riled up. Gotta be. Get along. Be back in a couple of days. Oh, all right. Go on. Those tears can never come back. Lucy. 
Hello. Hey, Charlie, what's the idea hanging up on me? This is Miss Lucy. Don't you want to talk to me? All right, all right, Josie. You're liable to get into trouble playing with a law like this. Look, look, I'm not fooling. I'm Miss Lucy. I'm a sense of fair in Eddie Street. There's two of your men sticking the front door on me. Didn't even know me. And all that uh, makes me kind of mad. Sure. You are, Lucy Johnson. And I'm glad to hear from you. Are you in town for long? Yeah, I'm going to get myself up. Come on over here. I'll be in the booth. I don't know whether I'm a sucker or not, Lizzie, but I'll be right over. Sure. And by the way, when you get here, you might tip the two bulls at the door off and see who I am. <laughs> so long. Uh, goodbye. Hey, hey. Was that really okay? Yeah, I think so. I'll find out in a little while. He wants me to meet him. Ah, you're not going alone, are you? Yeah, I think I better. I wouldn't, Captain. That sounds scary to me. I wouldn't put that guy in. Come on, you better let me go with you. Yeah, I don't think so. And look at the idea, huh? He's tired of hiding out. Yeah, still, I don't know. Ah, he's probably got something up his sleeve. You better let me go. You stay here. I'm going over there alone. And a few minutes later, Captain Dolia was at the restaurant, walked up to the booth where Vincent Lucic is finishing a sandwich. Well, hello there, Lucic. For some reason or another, I didn't expect you to be here. Sure, 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 I'm here, Charlie. Um, sit down, order something. Yeah, no, thanks, I'm not hungry. Huh? What's on your mind? Well, Charlie, I was hiding out, and all of a sudden I says to myself, I says, Vincent, what are you hiding for? You've got nothing to be afraid of. Well, here I am. Well, I'm glad to see you and all that. Uh, what's it all about? I'll tell you, this is a bum rat, Charlie. It was my life or theirs. I just happened to beat him to the draw, see? Who are you talking about? Uh, you know who I mean. Nell Sturdivant and that barren woman. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, I heard about his story. But you can believe me, Charlie. They were taking me for a ride, see? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, I don't know why, but, uh, Mel, well... He always had it in for me. Well, that's funny. Now, I thought you and he were good friends. No, no. No, we never were. <laughs> never were good friends. Of course not. And you see, that day we, we went up to Molly's Bay. Well, I uh, kicked about some of the things he was saying. Mm-hmm. What was he saying, Lizzie? Oh, uh, well, he was making some of his wise crack. Well, when I was doing that, I got a little sore and... I kicked about him. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he pulls out his rod and he hits me over the head with it. Yeah, I still got a bump. Uh, you want me to show it to me? No, 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 never mind. Uh, then what happened? Well, after that, he, he slugged me. And, uh, well, I, naturally, I reached for my gun and yeah. I beat him to the draw and I let him have it before he could plug me. Yeah, that's the way it happened. Yeah, now, just a minute, Lucas. What about Mrs. Barron? What'd you shoot her for? Oh, her. <laughs> well, well, you could have floored me when she all of a sudden ripped open her bag and pulled out a gun and started waving it at me. I figured she was going to bump me off, so, well, what was there for me to do? I, I just let her have it. It was self-defense all the way through. <laughs> sure, self-defense. Ah, listen to me, Charlie. I'm turning myself in because I know I can beat this, man. Right? All right, Richard. We'll see. But right now, uh... <clears throat> Let's get out to the county jail. The county jail? Sure. <laughs> Come on, Charlie. Let's go. So, just four weeks after the murder of Tamales Bay, 
Crimson, peg-leg, Lucy. Confident, unruffled, goes to trial. Tells his story. But his lies, unable to match the evidence that is heaped against them, become useless in the face of truth. And cowed by fear, the man who killed Mel Sheridan in cold blood received sentence June 29, 1930. This is the sentence of this court that you'll be confined in the state penitentiary for the rest of your natural life. And Vince Lucid went to the penitentiary, but his stay there was destined to be cut short by an unexpected happening. The strain of his unhealthy past Combined with worry, drove Lucy insane. Made of the once boastful gangster, the cackling old man, bereft of all sense, doomed to spend the rest of his life in the insane asylum. Thus ends the case of Peg Leg Vince Lucy. Grande cracked gasoline to fight crime, to save property, to protect lives. Rio Grande is pardonably proud of the public service work their products are doing. It is a contribution to the welfare of the community and the strongest endorsement and recommendation of any gasoline. Listen to this list of communities specifying Rio Grande cracked gasoline just since the first year. Pasadena, Marysville, Monterey Park, Linwood, Glendora, Southgate, Phoenix, Orange County, Coconina County, Arizona, Las Vegas, Nevada. We have told you before about Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, San Diego, Santa Barbara County, San Diego County, Maricopa County, and many, many other cities and counties. The mileage this year promises to be much greater than 50 million miles. In many of these cities where Rio Grande Crash Gasoline is the official brand, Sinclair Motor Oil adds to the smoothness of police car performance. Every motorist who specified Sinclair motor oil for his car is getting the finest quality motor oils money can buy. Every dealer who sells Sinclair motor oils knows by the scientific Sinclair law lubrication the exact grade of Sinclair oil you should use in your motor in its present state of wear. He will save you money and add to the life of your car. See him tomorrow and ask for a free copy of Calling All Cars News, that music publication of radio and screen gossip, police stories, and other interesting features. 500,000 readers every month. If you haven't seen it, ask your nearest independent Rio Grande dealer for a copy tomorrow. Calling all cars, Henson All, Marin County Sheriff's Car. The cancellation broadcast 178 regarding a murder. The suspect is now in custody. That's all. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande. <laughs> <laughs>